start today's uh, class. So, um, most, I think all of you were there on uh, Sunday's class. Is there any questions, clarifications, uh, anything that you want to bring up from that class? Anyone who wasn't there on Sunday's class? You were all there, weren't I we? Wasn't. I wasn't there. Who's that? Aruna Ben? Yeah. Okay, no worries. Um, just, I'll just give an opportunity to talk about that first. Um, it's, uh, if, um, has anyone, anyone got any clarifications? Does everyone understand what we discussed? I have one question, Andy. Yeah, please. Um, uh, towards the end of the discussion, we um, had a discussion about change our focus from BMI to yeah. self. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. I need a little more clarity on this and uh, how can we put this in the perspective of our day-to-day -day life? Okay, very good question. Did everyone um, understand uh, what Dev is asking? Any clarifications, what Dev is asking? So Sunday's class, we talked about the fact that we as a human being are made up of, what are we made up of? Who was there on Sunday? Body, mind, and intellect. Matter. We're made up of matter. Matter. Body, mind, and intellect. So that's the material layers. The physical body, the mind, and the intellect, your buddhi. And the self, the Brahman, Atman, whatever God principle, what you'd like to call it. Everyone has a different name for it. It all means the same thing. That which enlivens you, that what makes you the person you are. Without that enlivening factor, you would just be a matter. So, Dave, am I correct in asking, uh, understanding that you're asking, how do we um, think of the self, everyday life? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, as human beings, what we do every day throughout our lifetime is look outwards towards the world, isn't it? Yeah. Everything and everything we do is always outwards to the world. So what is spirit, being spiritual? What is the goal of spirituality? Any ideas from anyone? Look within. Look within. So the whole idea is to change our focus from looking out to looking in. We have to change our direction. And this is what becoming spiritual is all about. Learning to do that. So how can we help Dev to answer his question? How do we look within? We said that we should think of that Brahman 
Atman, God, in everything we do during the, throughout the day. So we're not as effect, affected by the world because we know we are not this body, mind, intellect. We're this self, which is everlasting. So how do we do that? I open it up now to the group. How do we do that? Can we rerun the experiences we had in a whole day and uh, put in perspective if we have behaved differently in a better way and correct ourselves that if the same happens next time, we will um, react in a different, in a better way. Okay, so that's different, Deb. What, what, what you're asking, I believe, and I might be wrong, is that throughout the day, how do we think of that higher being? in all our actions, which is what you're saying. How do we remember yeah. that, correct? Okay. Yeah. So how, how can we do that? Um, um, is it by reasoning? Is it by um, questioning all our actions and uh, trying to say, stay self-centered? Okay, very difficult or, to do. Yeah. Very difficult yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, if, for example, in everyday action, because we react. Yeah. Anybody else? How can? I think it's um once you go down the path of studying on a daily basis and you know increasing your knowledge, it also disciplines you to pause before you take actions and revert back to how well what. Personally, the way I'm dealing with it is before I, you know, in, before I instantly comment or take action, I now revert back to my feelings and how do I control myself looking at me in the, before I react to the opposite person. So it's through the teaching so far, I've been able to pause a lot more before I take action as such. Okay, so what Ravi is saying is that, if I'm not mistaken, is that you're thinking more before you're acting. Yeah, I would say so, yeah, and reverting rather back. Than, rather than reacting. That's correct, yeah. Okay. I think Dev, Dev is asking, how do you think of that higher being in your actions? Correct, Dev? Yeah. yeah. Ravi, absolutely what you're doing is perfect. But how do you think of the self? I, I mean, I, I use thinking of the self as always looking back and looking at that continuum, the, con the constant that's within us. That, that's how I use or thinking the self. So okay. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, do we stop uh, comparing ourselves and, uh, you know, judging people? Uh, so if we stop comparing ourselves in a competitive way with people, mm -hmm. then I think we are going to start looking within ourselves to find ourselves. Okay. So we're not measuring people, we're not measuring our lives to what other people's lives are. Okay, very good. Shilabin. So what, what is Shilabin talking about there? You're using your intelligence. And not reacting to the, the child mind. Yeah. You're thinking. That's what uh, Ravi said. You're thinking before you're acting. But how do you remember God? 
how do you remember that Brahman, that Atman, that God principle that makes you wake up in the morning, that makes you be alive? He's saying that if you think of the body, mind, intellect, and your actions, you're affected by the world. But we said if you think of the self, you're not affected by the world and you're still acting. So, there is, how do we do that? Um, maybe uh, human is um, bored with desire. Is that correct? If we try to diminish some of the desires that we have, will that lead us towards our soul? Towards ourselves? Anyone, uh, turn off the microphones except for the person talking, please. Thank you. Because there's a lot of background noise. Aruna, Aruna Bim, yeah, thank you. Galaxy S8. Okay, yeah, great. So, Dev, please. Yeah, so uh, we said that human is bored with plus desires, that is self plus desires. So, if we can try to minimize the desires, reduce our desires, uh, say, for example, even one desire a day, which is less than a day before, then it, it's a process going towards yourself. Yeah. Am I right in saying that? Absolutely. In the long term, as you reduce your desires, you come closer to the self. Absolutely right. But we don't know how many we got. What if we got about 10 million desires? Yeah. <laughs> and we reduced two today. It's not going to make a difference much, is it? I'm just counter-arguing. But you're absolutely right. Long term, that is correct. Stop um, being competitive. Stop being competitive. Uh, yeah, okay. What you been? Could um, being grateful help? Um, being grateful for all that we have rather than um, being <clears throat> sad or whatever it is. If you kind of keep your check, self in check and being grateful for what you have, would that help? Yeah, that would also help. But it's one key word, one key thing everyone is missing on. The, the way to do it probably is how does this react to me, the God? And then you look on the, what action you need to take if you need to. Is this being, that being, humble. being humble. Being humble. Shalabin, can you put your hand on at all? Because we don't know when you're going to say something and someone is saying already talking. So what, everyone, yeah, thank you. So if anybody wants to say anything, just raise your hand, then I can, yeah, great. Being humble, absolutely. Showing humility. But what makes you do that, Ravi? Um, I think from the learnings, it's seeing the person opposite you as part of the one as well. So seeing, Perfect. Perfect. seeing that further, yeah. Yeah, identification. You identify with the other person. May he be good person, bad person, he's done ill to you, he's been good to you, whatever it is. If you can identify rather than his action, his body, his mind, his intellect, but the self within, yeah, then you're practicing that identification of the higher. It's very difficult to do. But if you think about it, that is the truth, isn't it? Everyone is 
spirit and matter. Um, Nikisha, you have something to say? Uh, yeah, so in order to do that, um, that's also reducing your ego a lot. Reducing your ego, absolutely. Yeah. I am, as uh, Shilabin also said, being humble, we, that's all part of reducing your ego. And this all comes through the spiritual learning as you learn about vasanas, people's nature. Everyone's born with a particular nature. They don't know that they are a bad person. A good person and a bad person, they all think that uh, they're all good. From their perspective, they are. So for us to develop spiritually, we have to learn to identify not with their physical personality, but the self within. So once again, looking within. And you can only do that if you identify with that self within you. And this is what spirituality is about. So as I said, as we discussed earlier, it's changing your focus from outside, looking out, which is what everyone does all the time, is to change that focus to look inside. And then you start identifying with that spirit. And this knowledge helps you to do that, spiritual knowledge. That's why we keep saying, you are not this body, mind, intellect. I am the self. I am this Brahman. And as you repeat that and you remember that, it's easier to do that. That's why we say morning study helps you to do that throughout the day. Yeah. So, do you see that? Okay. Any clarifications? Does anybody wants to add something or, or disagree? Please feel free to. Dev, does that help you? Yeah. Great. So this is the whole process of being spirituality, to move your focus from outside to inside. Okay. Any other questions? While, whilst looking inside and obviously you're gaining the knowledge you're bettering yourself i think one of the things that I find challenging well not challenging but questionable is how you i know you shouldn't worry about what the other person and i think this was brought up in the class so how the opposite person perceives you but it's identifying and being realistic of knowing that you're not becoming egotistic as such so you're not belittling someone so you know where I think the question was, if I'm, am I becoming unemotional? Am I, would people see me? It's not worrying about what, how people will see me, but it's also being clear that when you're seeking yourself, you're at peace and not, not coming over as if you know better or you have that ego in you as well. So part of the process is to learn, become knowledgeable, find yourself, but at the same time, when you say you're going to be a better person, is not not to become that egotistical person so um let me put it to, let me put it another way um what comes with knowledge as you gain knowledge what happens understanding you go don't further much. Don't <laughs> you just said it, understanding understanding which creates what within you as a person wisdom Wisdom, Shashi? I was going to say wisdom. Wisdom, okay, yeah, you're right, wisdom. 
But what's the Reason, impact of that wisdom? Reasoning. Huh? Reasoning. Reasoning. Knowledge. Knowledge. Reason. Yeah. But there's an effect of that knowledge in your personality. What is that? Humility. Humility. Who said that? Megna. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So as you gain knowledge and you convert that knowledge to wisdom, automatically it creates humility within you. The, Knowledge, you know when you're gaining knowledge and it's, you're, you're getting wisdom because you'll automatically start becoming more humble. Yeah, you'll, you'll be more, 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 you'll have more humility. So if someone is saying anything negative or behaving in a particular way, you understand this is where they are. Baby, does that help? So automatically your ego is reduced. 11. Does it come, you know, when you, to gain spirituality, I mean, uh, spirituality as well, it's not limit ourselves. Because when we, we set limitations within ourselves, we don't progress. So, and another thing is, when we have this knowledge, we become whole. We need to be, you know, a whole and have compassion, a lot of compassion as well at the same time. So that will bring in joy and grace. So then you're leaving things behind that doesn't affect us when people are doing things to us. It's a process. It's a process. Um, Nikisha. Sorry, um, just to add to Ravi, I think when you, um understand that person and how they are i think sometimes not giving an input is also quite effective and just listening to what they're saying or maybe like phrasing it another way like right there and then in that moment so they don't feel like you are belittling them but also sometimes if you if you become more humble and have more humility you tend to know when to not give your opinion and then that's when it's also very effective so with um, one thing I'd like to mention, uh, one thing happens when you gain this spiritual knowledge, yeah, is sometimes if you're, not, if you're not careful, it actually increases your ego. Yeah, I know, <coughs> you know, I know, I can help him, you know, I know. And remember one thing, yeah, and this is told by Swamiji to all of us all the time, knowledge is taken, never given. Yeah. Yeah. You give knowledge, no one wants it. They'll say, yeah, whatever. Only if they ask for it, then you'll help them. Okay, which is another sign of humility. Never give knowledge unless someone asks you for it. I'm talking about people who are not studying this subject, you know, because they won't understand. This is why we're saying if they won't understand what you're coming from, where you're coming from. So remember that one thing. It's for your own spiritual development, not others. Sorry, somebody wanted to say something. Nikisha, did you want to add something? Oh, okay. I know. Sorry. <laughs> um, Is it same as giving advice? Uh, one minute, uh, Shulaman. Oh, just raise your hand when you want to say something because somebody's always there. Megna. Um, 
Uh, no, I think our auntie wants to ask something. She has her hand raised. Who did, sorry? Our auntie. Uh, ah, sorry. Yeah. Your picture is very small, that's why I can't see you very well. But please, yeah, go on. I'm on my, I'm on my mobile phone no and problem. I don't know how to use the laptop. Now, what I wanted to say is that knowledge, I think, is also about um, acceptance and tolerance of others' views. Because yeah. uh, once you're accepting of others, uh, you acknowledge their views and, you know, you just move on from there. Yeah. Everybody has a valid view. Absolutely. As Aruna Ben said, from everyone's perspective, they are right. Because where they are in that whatever mental state they are in, as far as they're concerned, they're, unless they ask you, what's your opinion? They're right. So does it, does it um, take us to the question I had in my mind about improving your listening? We're going to come to that in a second. Right. Um, Shilabin, sorry, you had your hand up after Megna. What, what would you like to add? About something about advice. So you don't, you only give advice to somebody if you've been asked for the advice. Otherwise, you don't part your knowledge. But okay. I understood that if you have certain type of knowledge, the more knowledge you give out, the more knowledge one gains. You're right, halfway. But there's one aspect you're not, uh, which you're not correct about. Is the receiver in, has the capacity to take the knowledge? Okay. So they're not ready for the knowledge. I'm not saying they're not, but have you assessed them to see that they are able to be receptive to what you're saying? But if they don't know, they'll never be receptive to... No, because they, they may not be tuned into the level you're talking. Okay. Yeah, the point, the point is that your knowledge, what you're giving them, the advice you're giving them, are they able to understand what you're saying to them? Because it'll just many, go to their head. It'll just go yes, to their head. many times not. So then what have you achieved? So you've uh, given the knowledge to someone who can't receive it. So it's better not to. I know, but sometimes maybe a, year, a couple of years down the line, they may think, oh, this person did impart with this knowledge. And they, it's an awakening then at that time. Is that when we teach children at school, that knowledge is not history or job. Uh, I just asked my uh, granddaughter today about the, the black flu. She says, we did it last year. But now it's, now it's, now she knows how to reason with it because of this pandemic. So sometimes it's, Hmm. Not all knowledge are useful at the at the specific time, but maybe in later life when needed. Absolutely, but what we're talking here is specifically spiritual knowledge. Okay. Material knowledge, yeah. You know, when you get married, you're telling a ten-year-old when you get married, this is how you need to behave with your partner. Yeah, ten-year-old won't understand it, but when they get married, yes, mom told me that I must listen to my partner. Fine. We're talking spiritual knowledge here, which is very different. Yeah, a person may not be ready to accept that knowledge. The knowledge you're giving based on your spiritual development. But spiritual development is also more of like a vasana, isn't it? Like you 
either do it or you don't. And if you're drawn to it, you'll start in baby steps and obviously you'll grow into it. Different, different topic altogether. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anybody else? Let's stick to the question. Okay. Any, um, any other questions or clarifications? So Devon asked a question on the group, whoever's on the group, and um, maybe you can uh, repeat your question. Yeah, my question was, um, uh, <clears throat> I wanted to improve my listening skills rather than talking. Okay. Um, in my day-to-day -day life, I have noticed when I try to see what are the things I can improve on, and one thing comes up in my mind all the time is uh, improve my listening skills. Uh, at times, whether it's on a phone or in the discussion, uh, I'm always first to put my opinion on. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is not right. Um, and seldom I made the same mistake, uh, but I still keep on doing it. So uh, I was wondering if there any way where we can improve our listening skills. Okay. Um, yeah. And today's, I think, first 10 15 minute discussion was more or less coming towards that where uh, you become more humble, uh, you show more humility. Mm -hmm. And uh, lastly, you say knowledge is taken, not given. Um, yeah. So, why our opinion is always first. Okay. So, does everyone understand what Dev is asking, first of all? Are there any clarifications that you'd like to put to Dev? We understanding to the question. Does everyone understand what he's asking? Yeah. Okay. So who would like to help Dev to understand? So what what Dev is talking about um, is that um, rather than listening, he's he's thinking of reacting with an answer. Yeah. So he's uh, and. It's very relevant here because we're talking about spirituality. Yeah, it's very important to listen when someone is talking, especially on this subject, because it's so difficult to absorb, and you really have to be listening to be, under, be able to understand this subject, the dancer that we're talking about. So it's relevant in the sense if you can practice it in your normal routine day, then it's easier to practice it in a spiritual, in a, from a spiritual perspective. When you're listening to a lecture, listening to someone talking about higher values, etc. So, who would like to uh, help? Them? This is a practical question. Ravi, I, I think like Devon Bai, I used to have a similar, well, still do to a certain degree, um, where you speak when I'm when I'm at, when I'm in conversation and so forth. I'm I'm preempting or double guessing what the person opposite is going to say and finishing their sentences. Mm -hmm. And nine out of ten times, obviously, I'm wrong because I haven't let them finish the way they want to or what they want to say. I'm the, the maybe I'm rushing the conversation without thinking as mm -hmm. such, and I'm very conscious of that. Obviously, within working in sales to a certain degree and negotiation, um, the biggest strength there is listen more than talk, and I'm very conscious of that and where I have sort of just stopped talking, um, the outcome is different than what I had double guessed already. 
So I've, I will say with Devon, it's more being aware is first the starting point and then practicing it and being conscious of it. It's, as you said, you, it, it takes a while because I've been doing it for quite a few years and even now I, I do slip into that. And listening is, is you know, it's, it's what I said is when you're listening, but I, I used to call it, you're listening, but are you actually hearing what the other person's saying because you may not be. So. I think it's being conscious of that and then working towards knowing when you're doing it to take a step back or take a breather, as they say, and just uh, just shut up and listen. Well, Devon, first of all, you, so you're asking this question, so you're already aware that uh, you're doing this. So that's the, that's one, that's the main, main step taken already. Uh, who else would like to be able to help? Uh, sorry, Megna, please, thank you. Um, I was just going to add to uh, Ravi Fuhr's point as well that we, what we do is, and we're all guilty of doing this as well, that we sort of jump into commenting back to what someone is saying. Um, a few reasons that we have that arrogance that we think we know the solution to their problem. Um, and then the arrogance of knowing or thinking that you know that person as well. So it kind of goes into what you said before as well with the self-assessment and the lack of, not self-assessment, sorry, the lack of assessment you're doing on the other person or the assessment of that other person, um, whether they're ready to listen to what you need to say, whether they're gonna, even if they're listening, whether they're actually gonna benefit from what you're saying. Um, so I think the best thing to do, whether you give your knowledge in the end or not, the best thing is to just take that step back and, and think about what you're going to say before. And in that time, you end up deciding whether you're going to say it or not. So it's just having that pause before you say anything. You might want to say it anyway, and you might end up saying it. But it's having that pause to think, is this going to, is this going to help them? Am I going to say the right thing? Do I need to say anything at all? And in that assessment, you'll decide whether you're going to continue with that so I think it's just trying to take that time um, which also helps you with the listening aspect as well absorbing what they've said first before you make a comment okay the, the only problem with that is um, while you are in a process of listening to somebody uh, your senses are concentrating on listening to it and therefore putting a pause nine out of ten times you forget to put a pause because all your focus is on listening and evaluating what he's saying and immediately respond to it so basically we need some kind of a switch mm -hmm. which we can turn on and off uh, where it is our turn only then we own our switch it's kind of a toggle switch that you have to develop somehow yeah. um, whether with the spirituality or otherwise uh, unless that switch is found it's always become difficult because we all know that we are doing wrong, but we keep on doing that. Uh, that's the problem. Um, um, can I make a suggestion? You can practice with your with uh, your partners. <laughs> Everyone can practice with their partners. Learn to listen to their partner before reacting. I think that would be good practice. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Dharmesh. So when we get new people in on our sales floor, what we tend to do is we give them a pad of paper mm -hmm. and we tell them, look, whenever you deal with a customer, just write down exactly what they tell you. 
That way the customer can see that you're actively listening. And any points you have, you write down, but you allow the customer to finish. Mm -hmm. That would be a good idea. But it's not practical always. No, no, it's not practical always. But like even now, I, you know, while we do the lecture, I will write down notes. That's good. Make so, um, I was going to say, for what um, Dharmesh just said as well, that if you are actually listening, then you're still listening until the point that that person has stopped talking. So there isn't going to be that point where you jump in and um, say something because at that point you've stopped listening. So if you finish or let them finish and then in that step back, you think about, okay, so what have, what have they actually said? And in that process, that's how you would formulate your reaction to that person. Um, and it's something that we do sort of like in, in our workplace, in our dental practice as well. We listen to everything that they've said. And then you say, okay, right, so you've said this, this, and this. That gives you that time to step back and then formulate what you need to say. So if that, in, with that switch that you're looking for, I feel like comes automatically in that, in that time. So it's a practice. Yeah. Seven. See, uh, anybody else like to add something? Shilavan. I think when, we, when you're listening to somebody, you just listen complete uh, and don't uh, intervene in between. You talk less. And secondly, you only answer if they ask you a question. Sometimes they just want you to be listened to and not give it any form of any advice. Only give advice if they ask. After they complete what they're telling you, says, what can I do? Or how can I change? Then you give your your opinion. So your opinion, your knowledge is taken, never given. That's what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That means it, that means everyone got it. <laughs> Anybody else like that? So. I mean, there's no Vedantic perspective to this question, but the fact is you have five senses. Yeah, you perceive the world with those five senses. Taste, smell, hearing, touch, eyes. So when you're listening, what sense are you using? Yes. Obviously hearing. Hearing. You're using your hearing to listen. Now, if you're not, so you're using that one sense. Now, you can only focus with that one sense perfectly if you only use that one sense. Now, if you're already thinking how I'm going to answer this, I have an opinion already, then you automatically stop listening. Yeah. Yeah. So... Therefore, you're not able to answer that person completely because you haven't concentrated. Yeah. Because the art is that you can only listen with your ears. Now, you're, as soon as you start thinking how to react and respond, you're only listening now 50% maybe because you're using another faculty. Yeah. So depending on the conversation you're having, you know, especially if it's your partner, then you must listen completely. Yeah. 
You can pause before you answer. You can pause, let me think about this. Which is an art in itself? This is an art in itself, which you can perfect. Quite a challenge. But it's like anything else, it's an, you have something you have to perfect. We've just explained why it's important, what the technique is. Now the challenge is the effort that everyone has to put in, isn't it? Recognition. Yeah, being aware of it, you see, practice. That's what I'm saying. You can practice with your partner. It's easiest. Learn to listen to your partner. Yeah, I was just going to say that at the back of our minds, if we just remember that by doing that, pausing, listening, and then responding, because conversation is spontaneous and sometimes we do tend to speak. But it's also about then you valuing each other's conversations and hearing what they're saying. And that yeah. brings a lot of value to conversation. Yeah. So just that pausing and developing that kind of behavior and those strategies. Mm. It doesn't come overnight, but it can work. See, in, in business environment, work is very important to, do, to learn this mm -hmm. technique. See, because you don't know what your customer's requirements are unless you listen to them. But even with family, I think you bring a lot of value into our conversations. Definitely, definitely. So it's an art, like anything else, which any, everyone can perfect. It's not too late. But we have a reactive mind. This is the problem. It all boils down to this developing the intellect. A mind is like a 12-year-old, everyone's mind. It's reactive. Yeah? It's not you, Deb, it's everybody. It responds reactively. And this is the problem. So it's controlling that mind's reaction. This is what it is. You know, and that comes from practice. It just needs, it needs a technique and effort to practice that. Anyone can do it. I've been doing it for years, I'll sit up. Yeah, is that right? Any clarifications? Does everyone understand that? Deb? Practice, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. I think this problem is more when you are on the phone. You are on the phone? Yeah. Uh, when you are facing somebody, uh, then if I, if I, in hindsight, if I see, uh, I am able to pause. I'm a good listener when I'm in a meeting or sitting one-to-one -one with somebody. But especially when I'm on a call. And when you are in the middle of something, all of a sudden someone calls, like your customer or anybody, mm. and wants to get something from you, in a sense, some kind of information. Or because you are concentrating on something else, your mind is not willing to join into the new conversation. And sometimes that leads you towards putting that phone pretty fast, and therefore you don't listen. So this is the thing, this is the technique, the priority, you have to prioritize. You know, if you can't, if you're being disturbed, then you must take the person's number down and ring them back when you have a free minute. So it's a technique, once again, this is what point I'm trying to make is, it's a technique that we have to develop. Yeah, and especially in the spiritual field, when someone is saying something, um, it's very important to listen and not 
come up with any conclusion, any ideas until you've, you've heard the concept, what's been explained, you thought about it, then you react to it and either with a question for a better, clearer understanding or to confirm that you've understood it, especially in the spiritual field. See, in the ashram, where we, when we have group discussions, we have group discussions like this with Swamiji. He sits in the front and there's about 100 of us. So if someone will ask a question, he will answer that question. But before he's finished, there's already another question asked based on his answer. Okay, so what does that mean? Happens a lot, by the way. What, what does that mean? Dharmesh? Yeah. When Sorry, Dharmesh had his hand up. Dharmesh? The person wasn't listening 100%. He wasn't listening at all? Yeah. Yeah, to his question. So he's asked the question, so I mean, he's answered it, but he's not listening to the answer. He's already come to another question. So how does that help him? You see, and that, he finds it quite frustrating because, you know, he's taking his time to answer it, but the person hasn't listened. So therefore you have to either write it down, listen to it, think about it. Yeah. Once you've thought about it, then you may have another clarification. That's fine. But without thinking about it, you can't answer another question. Especially in the spiritual part. That's also showing humility, by the way. Yeah. Any other clarifications to the group? We have 10 minutes. I believe there's some bhajans on after at 8.30. Um, and they're using the Zoom that we're using right now. Um, so uh, we're going to finish in 8.25. So any other questions or clarifications? Either on what we, what we studied on Sunday or um, on any other topic. So this Wednesday class is a platform for all of you to uh, express yourself and uh, basically enjoy it. The spiritual part, you know, learning about it practically. Ruby? Satish? So, the whole spiritual journey is looking within. Remember that. Very important. So, in the, going back to your um, question, uh, Dev, regarding what makes you think of that, per, that being within in your everyday action? Any, any, any answers on that? What will make you think? Can you repeat the question? So, the journey of spiritual journey is going in. We all go look out. So how can we go think of that div divinity within us while we're acting during the in, in normal day, everyday life? I think uh, we have to step back from our busy life uh, for a while. Maybe even if you start with five or ten minutes, preferably in the morning or before you go to sleep, mm -hmm. that what you have done today uh, and how what you don't want to do tomorrow, which you have done today, in a sense, 
to be a better person. Better person, yeah. And I, I suppose it's a, it's a process which is never ending process. Never ending. Absolutely. No one can be hundred percent perfect in hundred years lifetime. Yeah. Uh, it's a process, but once you become a part of the process, then eventually you become a good person. Yeah. Uh, maybe if you are doing slightly better than what you are doing today, even next morning you are next day you are a better person. Hmm. Uh, and uh, so, in as you develop spiritually, you come to realize that everything is God. This universe is God. This world is God. We say Maya. Yeah. So it's an illusion. We are all part of this oneness. So then everything and everyone is part of that oneness. It's hard to do, but as you develop, you will, you will start developing this thought process. As we said earlier, when you meet somebody, it may be a bad person or they may have been doing bad things, but you remember that there's the oneness between me and him or me and her, the self within is the same. Similarly, as you develop yourself, wherever you go, whatever you see, you start identifying with that. You see, you know, um, Wordsworth wrote a poem, The Daffodils. He went to the Lake District and he saw, and there's a poem which we will cover. He sees all the daffodils and it reminds him of that higher. What beautiful daffodils, who created this? And the answer will always be some divinity. That same divinity that created us, that created the daffodil. So, you start identifying with everything in your life every day with that higher, that divinity. It comes with spiritual development. So then you're thinking of that higher in all your actions. What's making me here? Okay, it's my ear. But what if I cut this? I'm still hearing. What is it then? Oh, it may be some senses inside. Okay, well, what makes that work? Ultimately, everything boils down to the self. I'm seeing that su sunset. How am I able to see that sunset? It's the self. I didn't live an impactor. So slowly as you develop and you start putting this into practice, everything should remind you of that. So now you're thinking inwards and not outwards. Does that make sense, Steph? Yeah. But that comes with development and through knowledge you start reducing your ego, you become more humble, and you start identifying with the whole universe. That is our goal. That is our goal on the spiritual path. You can measure that, how, how you're developing spiritually, how, in the basis on how you're identifying with everything. Any clarifications? quite a high state to be in, but it helps you to identify. This is in uh, one of the Upanishads, Kena Upanishads, which God knows when we'll ever take, but that's discussed in there. What makes you see? What makes you hear? If you look back, it all boils down to that divinity. One day we'll take that up. It's fascinating.
It, we study that after the Bhagavad Gita. The Bhagavad Gita takes three years to, to complete. On every Sunday morning, 700 verses will take about three years. But we will be doing that. Any questions? So. I was going to say that uh, if we're thinking about age-old tradition of our rishis who uh, set up um, gods and goddesses in every aspect of our everyday life, so it was to constant, they knew that we are caught up in this world, but we needed um, things that would automatically help us to possibly remember what we're doing, why we're doing. So for example, you know, we went to school every day and it was that, who was it that gave us this knowledge? It wasn't just the teachers, but it was from Saraswati Mata. Uh, as we get older, we get into business and we earn money. But actually, is it just money or is it, you know, a goddess that's there that is blessing this money that we are earning? So, you know, they divinized everything in order to help us because they know we are caught up in this world. And I suppose it's going back to that possibly to think, what is it that gives me my triggers to helps me to start thinking of more than this body, mind and intellect and something higher possibly, you know. So wherever your desires went, there's a God there. Yeah. That's what, that's what they did, the sages. Wherever your mind went, whatever desire to fulfill, you'll find a God or a Goddess there. So wherever your desires went, at least you don't forget Who's making it happen? You know, we selfishly just say, please let me pass my exams. Please let me win the lottery. Yeah, we just selfishly do that. Then when you do it, when you win or you pass the exam, then you'll do a bit of puja. Well, you probably forget that by then anyway. It's, it served its purpose. The prayer is fulfilled. But it might work that one time. But, but so it's at least you're still remembering that higher. One day you'll say, who is this person? And then you'll start looking in. So I just wanted to ask a question. It sounds to me like you're saying that you, with everything that we do, we should put God at the center of it. Uh, in every situation, every action, maybe every person. But what happens when, if you are in a difficult situation, how do you bring uh, God in that situation. I mean, sometimes you can say, okay, that might help you get through that difficult phase. But how do you remember God in that situation? That would help that. you. Well, first of all, you need to have an understanding. It's another topic altogether, but the, the, the topic of karma, cause and effect. Yeah? Every cause has an effect. If you understand I'm having a bad time at the moment, that's that it's an understanding that I haven't, this is the effect of a cause that I have put in. Yeah, it's, it's a completely different subject that I think we've studied a bit of and we will be coming to study in the front in further up. But it's a concept of cause and effect and your karma. Everything that you have put in action in the past, not only this lifetime, in the past lifetime, this is the effect of it today and the effect will carry on. So if you're in a bad situation, 
it's because you have put that cause in. The law of karma works in perfect, perfectly. It's having the in understanding. Yeah, but in practical terms, then how would it? What could you say to yourself that could help you to get through it day by day? Who would like to answer that? What could you say to yourself, Devon? Um, when something happens like this in my life, I always think that. Uh, I'll, I'll say in Gujarati, if everyone can understand, is So, it's one way of being positive. Whatever is happening is happening for the good. And God has always got, always have a good intention for us. If you believe that, then no matter what kind of situation you are in, you will come through it. So, there's surrender. Surrender to the higher. Magna. Yeah, I was going to say um, the poem that we discussed um, in our start of classes, that even this shall pass away. There's a poem, Marunabhin, which we have covered, and I'm happy to cover that for all the new, new members, uh, maybe next Wednesday if you wish. It's called Even This Shall Pass Away. Yeah, it's an English that's a good one. Poem. It's an English poem. Um, it's an English poem, and I'm happy to cover that on the Wednesday if you would like us to. It's not a problem. Um, just post it on the WhatsApp group uh, when, when we say any, any topics that anyone would like to discuss. Yeah. It's a standalone poem we can talk about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there is something which is this too shall pass. And there is something you know, that's, that's something you can keep repeating to yourself. Uh, but yeah, thank you for that. No problem. Some people have it tattooed, even this shall pass away. <laughs> so whenever there's an issue, any problems, they look at that tattoo, reminds them, yeah, this is temporary. See, the thing is, the world is made of pairs of opposites. You only recognize good when you've gone through bad. This is the world. Nature of the world is made of, it's made of pairs of opposites. There's tall, there's short, there's fat, there's thin. There's hot, there's cold. Without that opposite, it wouldn't be the world. This is the nature of the world. Krishnabhin, any last words? You have to put the mic on. Okay. Sorry, I was going to say, you can also engrave it on a whiskey glass, so it reminds you all the time. Thank you very much, Krishnabhin, for those last words. <laughs> Every sunrise has a sunset. Pairs of opposites, day and night. Like in right. the first, uh, sorry, Devon. Like in the in the first, uh, yeah, in the last uh, weekend um, Sunday, we say that uh, uh, knowledge is um, the lake of ignorance, and uh, I think that probably will um, work towards the divinity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, less and less ignorance you become. As you take in knowledge, it removes your ignorance your lack of knowledge. And this is the spiritual path. Right now we're all ignorant because we have, we're in the world. We have no idea of the higher being. And as we study this subject, that ignorance will start reducing automatically. Guys, I'm, I'm afraid we have to close for today. It's 8.28. There's another group ready to sing some versions, so we need to let them on. Um, thank you very much. And thank you. Thank you. Hope to see everyone on Thank Sunday. You.